I'm rather sure that when you list, looked at the list of sermon topics that I announced I'd be using in this meeting, that the one we're addressing now is the one that probably none of you selected the man to which I refer. The topic was listed as a man saved by grace. In Genesis, the sixth chapter and verse eight, after God had looked at mankind and first said, I'm going to destroy the entire human race, it says in verse 8, Genesis 6, But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And so, you see, according to what some would teach today, at that point, Noah was taken care of. He didn't have to do anything. He was saved entirely by the grace of God, and so he did not have to turn his hand or do a thing, right? That's what you hear taught today. Oh, we are saved by grace, and we don't have to do anything. I have heard men say, we do not have to do a thing. I have a copy of a statement that was made by an outstanding denominational preacher years ago who said there is not one good thing that a person can do that will affect his salvation and there is not one bad thing that a person can do that will have any effect upon his salvation. It is entirely by the grace of God from beginning to end. We are saved by the grace of God. Okay? Then why couldn't I reason if Noah was saved by the grace of God that he didn't have to do anything. Let me go to the same Bible that says that and read just a few more verses. Verse 14 of the same chapter. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. What? God, this man's going to be saved by grace and now you want him to make an ark? And then down in the 22nd verse of that chapter, Thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him, so did he. In the 5th verse of the next chapter, And Noah did, according unto all that the Lord commanded him. Lo the Noah did, that's a form of the word do. Noah did what the Lord commanded him. Hebrews 11 verse 7, by faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house. Now, wait a minute. If he is saved by grace. Why did he have to prepare an ark to the saving of his house? I'm not off the subject. I'm just reading from the Bible. By faith, Noah prepared an ark to the saving of his house by the which he condemned the world and became the heir of righteousness which is by faith.
Over in 1 Peter 3, beginning at verse 18. Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. By which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison, which sometime were disobedient, when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was preparing, when few, that is, eight souls, were saved by water. What? That's Noah. The like figure unto, he says, whereunto, even baptism doth also now save us. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And then if you turn to 2 Peter in the second chapter in verse 5, spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness. Looks like Noah would have been a preacher of grace. A preacher of righteousness bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. Now, folks, you'd have to agree that Noah was saved by grace from the flood. Because the Bible says Noah found grace in the sight of the Lord. And yet I've just read from the Bible that he was saved by faith. And I've just read that he was saved by action, prepared an ark to the saving of his house. And I've just read that he was saved by water. The circumstances that were present and necessary for him to carry out what God told him to do. And there's not a person who has any difficulty accepting all of that. Noah was saved by grace? Oh, yes. Noah was saved by faith? Certainly. Noah was saved by the preparing of the ark? Yes. And he was saved by water in that the water carried the ark and kept them safe from the flood. And nobody sees any conflict between any two of those points or among any of them. Even the denominational people who teach that we're saved by grace only or by faith only wouldn't see any conflict in this story with Noah. They would agree, was he saved by grace? Yes. Was he saved by faith? Yes. Was he saved by his preparing the ark? Did he have to prepare that ark? Yes. Does the Bible say he was saved by water? Yes. But it's a different thing when we come to the subject of salvation. Before I make the application in something that is a more serious situation than Noah being saved in the time of the flood, let me share with you a couple of thoughts that you may not have considered in this way. I do not believe that there is a person living who believes that we are saved by grace only. Now, I quoted you a few minutes ago, someone who said that, and I've had people say that to my face. But if someone says to my face, I believe we're saved by grace only, I would say immediately, I don't think you believe that. 
And I would ask the question, do you believe faith is necessary? Oh, yes. Then you don't believe we're saved by grace only. And if you're talking to someone who says we're saved by faith only, say to them, I don't think you believe that. Well, yes, I do. Oh, well, wait a minute. Do you believe in repentance? Yes. Then you don't believe we're saved by faith only. Folks, the grace only argument and the faith only argument have one basic purpose to try to rule baptism out. There's not a person that I've ever met who really believes in grace only because if you question him, you believe in faith, yes, then you don't believe in grace only. And I've never met a person who believes in faith only, salvation by faith only, because I believe every one of them would say, yes, we must repent, then you don't believe in faith only. Now let's bring that over into our salvation. Are we saved by the grace of God? Yes, sirree. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. For by grace are you saved through faith. That's Ephesians 2.8, no question about it. Grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. Titus 2 verse 11. The grace of God, notice, that bringeth salvation. Are we saved by the grace of God? You bet you His grace brings salvation to us. Number two, are we saved by faith? Certainly we are. Back to Ephesians 2.8. For by grace are you saved through faith. Direct statement. Hebrews 11, 6, without faith it is impossible to please him. He that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Are we saved by works? Yes. Well, now, wait a minute. Let's go on there in Ephesians 2, 8. For by grace are you saved through faith, not of works, not of works, and I just said we are, not of works, read on, lest any man should boast. What kind of works are we not saved by? Boastful works that we would earn it. Read on. Verse 10, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained, commanded that we should walk in them. Same passage it says, saved by grace, through faith, not of our own works of merit, but the works that God has commanded, the commandments he's given to us. Let me ask one more. Are we saved by water? In the same sense that Noah was, water was the circumstance that was there to hold up that boat. Water is the circumstance that is necessary for us to obey God in a burial and baptism. And so there he says in 1 Peter 3, Noah and the eight souls were saved by water, watch it, 
the like figure, just like that, baptism doth also now save us. Not the washing of the body, but the answer of the conscience. In the same sense that Noah was saved by grace, every person who's saved according to the New Testament Christianity will be saved by grace. But in the same way that it was by faith, everyone will be saved by faith. <clears throat> in the same way that he was saved by obeying God and building the ark, everyone will be saved by obeying the gospel and being baptized into Christ and living the Christian life. And in the same way that the circumstances of the flood held the boat up, the water of baptism gives us the circumstances that are necessary to do what God has told us to do. And if we can understand it with Noah, why can we not understand it in our case? Let me tell you a little story. Some of you have heard me tell this because sometimes I preach an entire sermon just using this story. Joe was out in the middle of the lake, or out from the shore at least, about to drown. Sam <clears throat> saw what was happening, but did not have the means to reach Joe. He turned to John, who had a long pole, and asked him if, it, if that pole could be used to reach out to Joe to bring him to the shore. And he said, yes, but it's so big I can't handle it. They turned to Bob, a 300-pound husky fellow, and said, would you take that pole and reach it out to Joe? And he did. Joe took hold of it, and they pulled him to the shore. Now question, who saved Joe? Well, Sam says, or John says, I did. If I hadn't seen that he was about to drown, he'd have gone under. Nobody would ever known the difference. Sam says, wait a minute. I'm the one who saved him because it was my pole. If we hadn't had that pole to reach out, he would have drowned. Bob says, oh, wait a minute. I'm the one who saved him. Because none of you could put that pole out there, and I could. Joe speaks up and says, wait a minute, I saved myself. If I hadn't taken hold of the pole, I would have drowned. And every statement made by every one of those men is exactly true. And we don't see any conflict, do we? John saw the need. Could you say he saved him? Yes. Sam had the pole, the means. Could you say he saved him? Yes. Bob was big enough to reach the pole out to him. Could you say he saved him? Yes. But you know what would have happened if John had seen the situation and Sam said, you can use my pole. And uh, 
Bob had extended it out there and Joe said, wait a minute, I'm going to be saved by grace. I don't need to do anything. What would have happened? Joe would have drowned. Well, now you can't save yourself. He couldn't have saved himself without the help of these and without the means to get him there. But he had to take hold of that pole and be pulled to the shore in order to be saved. Now that is exactly what we've described tonight in Noah's case and in our case. Man is out in the lake of sin about to drown. God sees his predicament and turns to his son and says, you have what's necessary to save him. Will you go? And he did. And then through the preaching of the gospel, the message is, re is put out there to people to know what God has done with his grace, what Christ has done with his blood. And when man who is in sin has faith that God's grace extends that salvation to him and reaches up and takes hold in obedience, he can be saved. In fact, Acts 2, after Peter had told them what to do, he said, save yourselves. Huh? In other words, take hold of it. Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Noah was saved by grace. But do you believe he would have been saved if he had not built the ark? We are saved by grace. But do you believe we'll be saved if we don't do what God has said? He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. If Noah had to build the ark in order to be saved by God's grace, you and I must obey to be saved by God's grace. We can't earn it. We can't buy it. We can't give it to each other. It's by God's grace. God's grace makes the offer. And if you're not a Christian, that's what it is at this point. It's not a gift. God makes the offer and you believe that and you reach out in obedience and accept that offer and it becomes a gift. If you have not accepted that offer, God is extending it to you tonight. You can be saved because of the grace of God when... You do what he tells you to do. Do it as together we stand.